1395 Adelaide's 5AA, this is the First 11 Cricket Show. Oh, it's a Saturday evening, and you know what time it is. It's, of course, time for the First 11 Cricket Show. Really big welcome to you wherever you're tuning in from this evening here on 1395. 5AA, you've got Sam Tuggle and Paul Bonzer for the next hour to talk all things South Australian cricket, and I welcome Bonzer to the studio. How are you, mate? Uh, I'm good, Sam. Only an hour. How are we going to squeeze in all the stuff that we need to talk about in an hour? Yeah, uh, I'm questioning that too. We better get a start. <laughs> Seriously, there is so much going on right now in terms of uh, in South Australian cricket. So how about, I, I want to jump into the women's WBBL straight off the bat. I okay. reckon this is this has got to get top billing right now. They're on tonight, obviously, on yes. primetime national television, Channel 7. Yeah, in about, uh, what are we doing? In about 40 minutes' time. Correct. Uh, and they're playing the Hobart Hurricanes in Hobart. Yes. They are absolutely flying in regards to just individual players, superstars like Sophie Devine, who's just doing freakish things. And then, of course, the team who are just backing her in and making sure they get the Ws. And they're second on the table in the WBBL. Impressive. Well, it is impressive. And we've both seen a fair bit of them this summer so far. And we've called a few games for the Cricket Network. Uh, I cannot speak highly enough Mm. of Sophie Devine. She is becoming, if she isn't already, one of my favourite cricketers Mm. to watch. I think you said that last week too. She is though. Yeah. if, If you're picking a team... A T20 women's team. <laughs> She's right oh, I'm top. picking Sophie yeah. number one, and then I'll worry about the rest later. I'll pick her another six times. It's just that, that's how good she is, and she bowls well as well, takes wickets. I think she was the leading wicket taker halfway through the tournament. She was seriously, she's that good. Um, tonight, she's going to have a crack at a sixth consecutive 50 in this, in this tournament. Yeah, she's already got five in a row. She's got six for the tournament. Let me rattle them off for you, Sam. Yeah, I want to hear the numbers. This, this, is, this is how it goes. He goes 62, 65, 58, 85 not out. <laughs> uh, that was uh, the 85 not out was when yeah. she hit five sixes in a row yes. in the last over, uh, which in itself is amazing. 77 not out mm. and 62 not out. So she hasn't been out for three games. <laughs> <laughs> she has 475 runs at 79. And to go along with it, and she's second, by the way. Yeah. Beth Mooney that's, that's is stiff. leading, which is ridiculous. <laughs> she's played one more game, Beth, yeah. so Sophie can get her tonight. <laughs> uh, she's got 14 wickets at 15. Unreal, isn't it? What a player. She, oh, seriously, she's unreal. So we could talk about her for days, but we'll let her uh, do the speaking about her own form. She caught up with Rowan Bix during the week, and uh, surprising her answer. Oh, I think if you look at it stats-wise, it probably is. But uh, from field, no. <laughs> Certainly the last couple of innings have probably been, I guess, slow by my standard. Uh, it was sort of, I guess, what was required in the situation of the game. But it's certainly not my style to be controlled and measured. It's a bit more... Um I'm a bit more suited to the aggressive going at it, a bit more. And fair enough, she certainly shows that. But she so, so she's just going okay in yeah. her head. <laughs> she thinks she thinks it's not the best form of her life just yet. Which is seriously, that, that's got to be a, a cop out. Uh, it, it, <laughs> how how uh, much better crazy, can you get? But what she said there was she has been a little bit slow and at the start mm. of her innings. She has been quite conservative. Yeah. Because they've lost wickets at the other end, or so she, for, for the the state of the game, there's been some good bowling. So, but in the end, she makes it up in the 
oh. in the last few overs. Don't but, worry but that's, about that. that's the beauty of the T20 game. You can play it so well in that um, you can set it up that way. If you are, as long as you're there for the whole 20, you know, most teams don't have an opening bat that's there for the whole 20. So if you yeah. have that and you are slow, who cares? Because at the back end, you can blast away. She's got the power to do it every oh. time. So oh. Amazing cricketer. We've uh, we've just got the team that's been announced for the Strikers team tonight. They've just named it. Uh, yes. We've got Susie Bates, Sophie Devine up top, McGrath, Patterson, uh, Wingfield, Winfield, should I say, Mac and McFarlane, of course, in the middle order, Wellington, Coit, uh, Price and Shoot. So a pretty similar-looking team. They lost the top uh, they the toss and they will bat first in, what's that? About 35 minutes' time. Yeah, I don't think they've changed that lineup for the whole tournament so far. It's exactly the same. With the exception of uh, Lauren Winfield coming in for Staff Taylor, who unfortunately uh, got injured uh, this week, so she won't be coming back to finish off the tournament, which is mm. sad, but um, hopefully Winfield can stick around. I'm not sure if that's the case. Um, she won't be able to play finals. That's the only thing. Right. She'll be able to stick around for the end of the tournament, which is another four games, I think, after tonight. But uh, finals-wise, they won't have her. So mm. no Taylor and no Winfield in uh, the finals. a gap, but it, it does. gives a chance to someone else. Exactly right. Uh, before we move on to the next topic, also on tonight's show, we've got one of her teammates. We do. Tegan McFarlane will be joining us uh, very shortly, just before they get underway, which is great access from the strikers. So she'll be chatting to us and maybe we'll ask her about the fact that there'll be no Stefani Taylor in the, mm. the rest. That That's going to be really uh, hard to take for the strikers, ladies. Uh, okay, let's move into the men. The Redbacks played uh, during the week. Two one-dayers. Yes. Um, two epics. <laughs> Two absolute pearlers of games, uh, and we were lucky to see Sunday. Let's start with Sunday. This is six days ago. We saw WA here in Adelaide. Yeah, it was a great game of cricket, and it it just it always looked like it was going to be close throughout. It had that feeling. It was a mm. good. It was a good wicket, good outfield. Uh, there was some good batting by both teams, and uh, Big Wes Agar took some wickets. Five wickets um, again. Uh, knocked out his brother. Yeah, well, that that was that was one of the more ridiculous things I've seen. Well, he knocked him over first, and then he knocked him out. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was bizarre. We were both calling at the time when we was. I'm sure you've seen it. It's mm. been all over social media and news and all around the world. It's, he just his foot feet just slipped underneath him when uh, trying to take a catch off his mm. brother and straight into the, between the eyes and a bit of blood. Split him open. Yep. Yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit terrifying at the time. You thought, "Gee, whiz, this can't mm. be this can't be too good for him." Because a cricket ball coming at the pace that it did, he smoked this pull shot very yep. straight toward mid on and bang right between the eyes. I mean, and, and when you saw the blood, it was a little bit uh, confronting. You saw it all over his shirt, um, dripping off his face. I mean, I don't want to go too more graphic than that, but it <laughs> was actually exactly it was that. it was really nasty mm. at the time. So, yeah, that brotherly uh, brotherly yeah knock there, and you can. I suppose the night next night they would have been probably calling each other up, going, "Hey, look, hope you're all right. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, Sorry, bro. <laughs> Not too fun." But what about the former Callum Ferguson in that game? He yeah. got he got the Redbacks to within a shot of winning the game, and then just got a good ball from Jai Richardson, LB, LBW in the last over. It, it, heartbreak for yeah. Ferg. But uh, 100 for him, he was 
he was outstanding, wasn't he? Yeah, brilliant. He's hit now two scores in a row of 120-plus, which is unreal. And the second one came on the Tuesday, and they went to the MCG and played uh, Victoria in a dead rubber. Uh, Queensland defeated t- Tasmania the day before, which meant that SA were no longer eligible for the final. So they thought, stuff it, let's go and really take it to Victoria. And they did just that and posted 300-plus. I mean, that was... Uh, some of the... And I want to just stress this. Tom Cooper didn't make the most runs. He made the second most runs for the innings. But his hitting was some of the best hitting I have seen in probably the last couple of years. He was smoking the leather off that ball. You were talking about our man, Tom Cooper. Our man, Tom Cooper, (laughs) at the G. It it was great hitting. It was great hitting. Ferg, we'll just say quickly, uh, yeah, so they were four for 322. Ferg, uh, 122. But Tommy Cooper's hitting at the end. He made 81 off about 40 deliveries. Seven sixes. And yep. they all came probably in the last three or four or five overs of that game. And and it's not like the MCG's a small ground. <laughs> no. Like, he was putting them 10, 15 rows back. And these were stupidly good shots. Like, they weren't just uh, really full, hit down the ground, easy. He was smoking them to every different part of the ground. And then there was one moment, and this moment is just the best bit of the lot, I reckon. It was in the middle of his... Well, actually, more so at the start of the innings. And uh, Harper is the... Sam Harper's the keeper of Victoria. He's uh, mic'd up with the Fox Cricket for the day. And they're just having a bit of a chirp. And I think Andrew Simon's got in his ear and said, just just try and get him to play a, a, a sweep shot, uh, sorry, a lap shot, would you? Mm. And so Sammy's just in his in Cooper's ear. He's just going, mate, you, know, you can't, you can't, this, you can't do that. Let's have a listen to how it played out. Here we go. I might be seeing a ramp here from Coops. Maybe chimney to me. Give him the old, you won't do it. You won't do it, Coopsy. You've done it. <laughs> and he's done that's fair play to him fair play indeed Sammy it's <laughs> pretty good cricket that bad luck John <laughs> seriously that's, that, I love Sammy Harper there that's pretty good cricket yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love about it like, it was a dead rubber game it didn't matter so they thought oh well, let's just inject some life into this one and threw that out at uh, Tommy Cooper and have paid off it was outstanding <laughs> how good has he been actually Tom Cooper he's been before you summer. go into that I do want to just mention the fact that the game meant nothing it, it it did mean a lot. Victoria and South Australia, big rivalry, and the fact that that boundary decided the result. Well, yeah, they, one they, run win. They, yeah, that, they I'm putting it on one. That could have been a block. He could have just blocked that out, or it could have been just a defensive shot so straight to a fielder. You're thanking Sammy Harper. I'm actually going to. And Andrew Simon. just occurred to me. I'm thanking <laughs> Sam Harper for our win. <laughs> I reckon they've got a lot to blame on him at Victoria. Um, but yes, Tom Cooper's yeah, been outstanding. Finch made a hundred and nineteen for the Vicks, and Pete Hanskin finally got some runs this summer. He'll be happy. Mm. He made 87. Uh, there was one one other thing out of that uh, game. Yes. Catch by a certain person. There was a very, very, very good catch. I'll let the commentary do the talking. Oh. Has he got it in the game? Oh! You will not see a better catch than that. Valenti takes to the sky like Superman without the cape. One-handed you don't need much more explanation than that. That's exactly what happened. Good call from Howie. Um, yeah, it was a great catch. It was a great catch, and uh, you, yeah, you'll see it replayed over the mm. summer again and again and again. Um, if you haven't seen it, just just Google it. What, what are you doing? Do You're do living it. under a rock. <laughs> Full stretch left hand dive. Go Google it behind his body too. And I reckon you know the classic catches comp. 
that you, you see during the summer. Yeah. I reckon you can close it right now, shut it down. Well, it's, it's leading. done. It's, it's leading. It's finished. That is it. That has got to be the winner, no question. All right, uh, very soon we will talk to, uh, of course, Harry Nielsen, who, who is the keeper of it's the Keepers Australian Night, Rugby. Sam. It we is, got two actually. Keepers on. Well, because this, we've, uh, it didn't mean for this, but it is. It's Keepers Night, and uh, Harry Nielsen will join us. He's... Come off uh, a very nice score for the Peckers today, actually. Uh, just falling short of a ton. We might ask him about that. I'm just trying to keep a lid on it. Yeah, we're just, just going to... We'll, we'll gonna... talk about it later. <laughs> As we know, a very biased Woodville supporter in the, <laughs> the other side of the studio here. Uh, it's uh, 11 minutes past six. We'll take a break very shortly. Tegan McFarlane from the Strikers, moments away from taking the field in Hobart, will join us next on the First Eleven Cricket Show. On 1395 Adelaide's 5AA... This is the First Eleven Cricket Show. Welcome back to the First Eleven Cricket Show with Sam Tugwell and Paul Bonza. We're about to speak to Harry Nielsen in about 15 minutes' time here on the program. But first, we're going to head all the way to Hobart. A, uh, a really big game shaping up for the Adelaide Strikers. They've uh, lost the bat flip as it's called, not the toss anymore. It's the bat flip in the Big Bash. They're going to be bowling uh, first. Sorry, they'll be batting first in uh, that one over there in Hobart. So we decided that uh, before she goes out to bat later, Tegan McFarlane, we'd get her on the line and have a chat to her there from the ground. Tegan, welcome to the First Eleven Cricket Show. Well, thanks for having me. Now, it's uh, so great to have you on the line because uh, a really important clash for you girls tonight, a chance to go top again in the WBBL uh, competition. Uh, how how much, I suppose, have you exceeded your own expectations this season? You've done so well. Uh, yeah, um, it's been a good effort from the girls so far. Um, it's shown throughout the competition that every game's as important as the next and it's good to see a lot of teams are in the hunt for the final. Um, thankfully, we won some games early in the tournament, which has helped set us up for the back end. But, um, yeah, we've still got four important games to go and, um, yeah, can't wait to be a part of it. Does the word finals even start to creep into your vocabulary at this point of time? It actually hasn't. I was thinking about that um, earlier today and I'm thinking we haven't even discussed it yet. I think with four games to go and um, so much movement on the ladder yet, um, it hasn't really been discussed. So, yeah, we're focusing on the Hurricanes tonight and the Thunder tomorrow morning um, and, and see if we can chalk up a couple wins there. So last Wednesday, a win against the Sydney Thunder. How would you sum up the game? I know that was a really good win for us. Um, to hit the road and win the first one of um, three games was excellent. Um, we went out to Wollongong and uh, we hadn't been there before. Um, so, yeah, to, to bowl first and bowl really well and keep them to a very defendable total um, and then watch Sophie Devine go about it again um, and chase it down, yeah, was excellent effort by the girls, really set up by our bowlers um, and then chased down by Sophie Devine. Tell us a little bit about Sophie. Uh, we've had her on 5AA a couple of times now, um, and she, she seriously, she just blows us away. <laughs> Surely you girls just look at her and just go, wow, like, I wish I could play like her. Yeah, Sophie's an absolute beauty. Um, we definitely love having her on our team, and, um, yeah, she brings a lot of banter around uh, the training track. Um, but on game day, yeah, she really puts her game face on and does the job for us with opening the batting and the bowling. Um, so we rely a little bit on her there, but it's been fantastic to see throughout. Um, this WBBL especially, that um, other girls are stepping up in and around that and taking a little bit of pressure off her. Um, but it's just, yeah, it, she's an excellent um, person to have part of your team and uh, definitely my first pick. Now, speaking of star imports, of course, she's uh, going along swimmingly. Unfortunately, the news came in during the week that Stefani Taylor, who had been a part of the side for the first couple of games, had to go mm. away with West Indian duties, can't return. She's got a knee injury. Uh, does that flatten you girls a bit? 
Yeah, we're disappointed to um, hear that news about Stefani. We loved having her for those first couple games um, in the season, but Lauren Winfield's come in um, beautifully, fitted in beautifully with us, um, and we're actually quite happy that she can stay around for the last couple games of the rounds. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what happens from there. All right, let's shift the focus to tonight's game. What's the weather like there in Tassie? <laughs> Always a little bit chilly down here in Tassie. <laughs> um, we did. We were watching last night's game um, on the TV just to see what was happening with a bit of dew and mm. um, what the pitch was playing like and a few little things like that. But it mostly looked like the girls were quite cold out there, so we're going to have to rug up tonight. Um, <laughs> but again, just, yeah, looking forward. We love a night game. Um, get out there and, and do our best tonight. Now, any in particular players that you're going to look to target or any plans you want to execute? Yeah, well, they've got a, um, a fairly quality side, to be honest. Um, they've managed to recruit well, um, picking up some girls from other states. So um, we've got to be on our, our best game tonight um, with the likes of Kerry and um, Vormink and um, Bakawera bowling there. So, yeah, we're going to have to be on our game. And uh, personally, before we go, are you feeling uh, pleased with how you've been uh, performing so far this summer? Because really, you haven't had much of a chance to even hold the bat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's great. To know that your top order are doing um, <laughs> the damage is excellent. I'm, um, yeah, still hitting in the nets and still putting together my plans that if my opportunity arises, I'll be ready to go. But at the moment, I'm loving watching um, the girls in the top six do the job for us, um, and it's a good spot to be in. Well, hopefully they can do the job again tonight. You can get another big W on the board and the strikers mm. can go on toward the top of the table. And make sure you, uh, of course, are tuning in and watching the strikers again tomorrow. They'll be in action against the Sydney Thunder in Hobart once again. Uh, and we thank Tegan McFarlane for your time on the First Living Cricket Show. No worries. Thanks, Sam. There you go. Tegan McFarlane live in Hobart. We're about to see that one get underway in about uh, 20 minutes' time. And, uh, well, basically when our show finishes, you can yeah. turn, the t- turn the TV on. Shift it over to Channel um, 7. She has been outstanding this year, mm. Tegan McFarlane. I think she's taken her game to her keeping to another level. It's been like, hasn't made a mistake. I can't remember her make, making an error. I haven't seen a drop catch or a miss stumping yet. She, it, and, and that's really impressive because, and I suppose while you're just trying hard in the nets and you're trying to bat well and then you don't get a chance to bat, you want to do what you do on the field, which is for very limited, your 20 overs out there with the gloves on, you want to do it to the best of your, your capabilities because if you don't, you every chance of going, well, look, we, we could try and find someone else. But she's been around the traps for years now and um, definitely backed in by uh, all the people around her. So, and, and now she's just going again to another level, as you said. Part of the uh, upcoming championship team for the uh, oh, Adelaide Strikes. Oh, touch some wood. Touch <laughs> some wood. Hey, but I'll back it in. Hey, um, here's a story that uh, all you cricket fans out there would be very uh, familiar with right now. We saw during the test match a very controversial moment, Bonds. Now... It looked like you couldn't really tell, but uh, when David Warner was dismissed on day one, uh, sorry, day one, day two of the test, um, and it was not called a no ball, and he was, sorry, well, how did it happen? Let's have a listen. Oh, Oh, is that Nick? I think he, oh, it's given. Warner shaped as if he had hit the ground, but no, Nassim Shah, the 16-year-old, gets his first test wicket. Oh, dear, I think he's over. Oh, the irony is lost on no one. The young man from the greatest elation in his cricketing career is now goes to disappointment. Okay, so essentially the wicket was taken, the replay said it was a no ball, and out he went, uh, David Warner, to hit 154 runs. Yes. Question, and for you at home, 8223 0000, is it time 
that we bring in technology to decide the no ball? No, the, why can't the umpires do it? They've been doing it for 150 years or more. <laughs> I don't get it. They, 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 the umpires of today are saying with the quickness of the game and all the pressure on them, they don't have time to lift their eyes from the bowling crease up to make a decision. But you've got DRS. So if you stuff up the decision, <laughs> it's gonna get it's gonna go the right way anyway. So so here's but, the, here's the other side. Been doing it forever. Well, here's the other side to it. We it was revealed by Trent Copeland in his uh, trusty uh, little touchscreen. I think the tea break on that mm. day when they were reviewing some of that. That Pakistan had been bowling no balls all afternoon. At that time, at tea time, the count for no balls, and I checked this, was two. They'd called two no balls. Mm. The count that Trent revealed in all his replays that he played out there for that day were 21 no balls. So that that means there's 19 deliveries that were uncalled, that were clear no balls. And when he re- the replays were clear as day. They were all well over the white line. They weren't on it, touching. It was well over. So the umpires aren't even bothering to look anymore. But you would know as yourself, Sam, as a lightning quick bowler, that once you're coming <laughs> in off the long run... Yeah. If you bowl and if you're getting close to the line, if mm. it's a good umpire, they will tell you. Yes. Yeah, you're getting a bit close. You need yes. to pull it back a bit. Or if you bowl a no ball, how far was I over? Mm. No ball's called. You bring your marker back, yeah. and therefore you, you probably stop bowling no balls. Yeah. These if, umpires if aren't doing it. That happens. No, it, I, I'm not sure if it's a directive from the umpiring panel whether they're told don't worry about the no ball, just concentrate on the decision. Mm. To me, that makes no sense. I can't, but if that's actually, and I'm, I'm almost actually in the belief that it probably is. And it's a bit like the run out thing as well. Yeah. Any close run out, straight away, straight up. upstairs. Yep. Why not? Well, even well, even when the umpire knows it's out. Yes. Go upstairs. He's going upstairs because he can't be wrong. That's right, and the te- and that's why they they're asking. Then greats like Shane Warne and many others are saying maybe we need some Hawkeye similar uh, technology to basically watch every ball. And say, hey, that's that's over the line. That's a no ball, straight there and then. I mean, I don't know how you do that, but and it would have to be pretty quick. So, like maybe in tennis, where the little buzzer goes off, mm, the so let, yeah. So for a let, or if it's over the line, they've got the technology. It just goes up to the umpire now and calls fault. Yeah, I don't know how the you, linesman doesn't get it. I don't know how you do it, uh, but surely uh, the umpires yeah. are capable of just looking back down at the wicket. Yeah, and well, and and the even more staggering was the Pat Cummings no ball that they let go. They thought, yeah, that's okay. Because mysteriously, I think some of his foot's behind the line. It clearly wasn't. That's the one I was thinking about before when I was trying to set that question up with Warner. That one where you just looked at it and went, there is no part of that shoe behind the line, and yet it's still given. So I don't know how the umpires are working this. And I know that, look, everyone makes mistakes. I've got to give them that. But Looking at this, it's just a shambles, this process. Surely the umpires can do their job. Look at the wicket. If they can see Pakistani bowlers are bowling a half a shoe over the line, just give it the no ball and be done with it there and then. The the opposition gets the runs that they deserve. The balls get re-delivered. And Pakistan stop making mistakes because they're understanding, oh, hang on, I've bowled four no balls in the last three overs. I should probably sort that out. And the bookies are going crazy. (laughs) <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> it's just not cricket. No, Sam. it's not. It's, it's not. just not cricket. I, I, I really think it's a, it's probably at the moment it's one of the the bigger mm. issues in cricket is that they need to put a stop to this because it is ridiculous. If a team is bowling twenty one no balls in 
the first two sessions of, of a day of a mm. test match and only two of them are being called. Not good enough. It's just not good enough. No. Uh, on the other side of the break, we'll be chatting to Harry Nielsen from the strike, uh, from the uh, Redbacks, in fact. He and, also plays for the Strikers. And uh, the Woodville Cricket Club. Oh, yeah, OK. Let's, uh, let's just uh, get that all nice and warmed up. He'll be ready in a moment. On 1395 Adelaide's 5AA, this is the First 11 Cricket Show. Welcome back. 5AA's First 11 Cricket Show with Sam Tugwell and Paul Bonzer. Trust you're having a great Saturday evening. And uh, we love your calls, 822 Plenty to talk about. And one very important uh, man that is waiting in the wings right now, Harry Nielsen. He's the keeper of the South Australian Redbacks and uh, has played a very big part in the last uh, month or two while Alex Carey has been uh, on international duties and he's been doing very, very well. He joins us now on the program. G'day to you, Harry. Hey, guys. How are you going? Fantastic. Now, uh, you've had a good day on the track by the sounds. We have, yeah. We've... Um... Played club here today, obviously, and chased down 400, which is um, doesn't happen very often. And we've we've had a good day, which is always nice. Yes, the mighty peckers over the line. Page, <laughs> can congratulations, it. mate! An awesome win. Um, uh, Jacob Dickman, 120. Uh, yourself couldn't quite get there. 98. Oh. Fell short. No, I missed the half volley on leg stump, unfortunately. Oh so no. You know, I was raising my bat before I even hit the ball, and then all of a sudden I missed it and smacked <laughs> me on the board. So, and I was walking off, but that's right. We um we we got over the line, which is the main thing. Yeah, amazing win to chase down four hundred in any game of cricket is amazing. Uh, yeah, it's enormous. Um, what about? Uh, I just want to. You're obviously part of the Redbacks program. Your dad's part of the Redbacks program. Did you get sick of the sight of your old man or? <laughs> um. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. He won't mind me saying that either. Sometimes, um, no. But luckily, we have a really good relationship and get along really well. We sort of, I say it to um, whoever I meet and, and whatever that we. It's sort of two different um, people. My old man, he's sort of you got your work boss, and then mm. you got your dad on the side. So, well, see, yeah, seriously, um, he, he must have been. He must have been a, a big influence on your whole cricket career. Definitely, yeah. It's um, you know, as a, as a dad, it's, I think everyone who's made it to it, um, made cricket their career has, you know, the old man's played some part in it and um, obviously mine's played a pretty big role in my career so far. So, um, yeah, really lucky that we have a good relationship and um, and are able to separate that sort of dad stuff and, and then work stuff pretty well. So it's um, it's working well at the moment. Two epic one days you were involved in over the last week. Uh, tell us about, of course, Western Australia and then the win against uh, Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that Western Australia game obviously got so close in the end. Obviously, Bird played one of the best one-day knocks that um, you're ever likely to see, really, I think, considering the circumstances and the and the bowling attack that he did it against. Um, it was a real shame that he couldn't get us over the line and, and push for that spot in the final. But um, And then the one in Melbourne, obviously, winning by a run. Um, last ball sort of thrill us, so... Um, two really tight games and always good to be involved. Obviously, we've come out on the right side of one of them and the wrong side of the other, but um, that's the way it is sometimes. Now, you had a chance to bat at number three in that uh, Victorian game on Tuesday. Um, what was that about? Where did the conversation start, I suppose, for that? Because you haven't batted at three before, so and nah, is it something you want to do more of? Definitely, yeah. I really enjoyed the opportunity. I think um, with the way our side sets up, obviously, you've got um, Coops and Rossi at five and six, and we saw the damage that they could do later on in the in innings. Um, you know, come out and face their forty or twenty or forty balls and, and go at two hundred strike rate, which um, they're really good at in the big bash and, and in white ball cricket in general. So um, 
my role was to sort of set up and not, not lose too many wickets early so that they could come out um, with some serious freedom at the end and play their Coops' ramp shots and Rossi's big hitting, um, which seemed to work really well. So hopefully there's more opportunities to do that in the future. And um, Yeah, I obviously love batting at number three. Obviously, it, it really suits my style of play. So um, really enjoyed it. And, you know, when you win, it's, it's always nice too. And that wasn't your first game at the MCG, was it? No, I played a shoot game there last okay. year. So first one-day game, but yeah, I've played there before. Yeah. Just talking about batting three, um, with your club side, the mighty Woodville Cricket Club, uh, you, you bat three for Woodville, so it's not, I guess, unfamiliar to you coming in first drop. Your goals as a striker this year, because obviously, again, Alex Carey will take the gloves uh, for the whole season, but you've got a real goal. Are you setting yourself a goal to make it as a batter? Absolutely, yeah. I think if I am happy or satisfied with just coming in when Alex is away, um, that there's no real point in that, in my opinion. Um, I have to strive to be the best cricketer that I can be and play every game, whether that's as a batter or if Alex is away um, as a wicketkeeper. So, um, yeah, I haven't even looked at the international schedule or, or whatever that might be, look like. I've, I'm just setting my sights on um, playing as well as I can all the time and, and putting my hand up to play as a batter. Or if Alex is away then, and they need a wicketkeeper, then obviously um, that sort of sorts itself out. But... Um, yeah, I think I have to have a goal to play every game, Alex there or not. Um, otherwise, there's no point really playing at all if I'm just going to be a stealing, really. How long ago did that, I suppose, the penny drop for you that and the, and the change might have needed to be made in mindset of, I need to probably try and aim to be a batsman uh, primarily before a keeper in order to get that spot? Yeah, I've, I've always tried to... Obviously, you always try and make as many runs as you can, but... Mm. Um, you know, with Alex sort of doing so well and um, being around, there's obviously not that spot as a wicketkeeper when he's around at the moment. So um, my only really way into the side is, is as a batter. Um, so I've got less with no other option, really, which is um, which is fine by me. And, and I'm trying to be as versatile as I can. I can keep when he's not there. I can field when he's there. Um, I can bat at three. I can bat at six. I can open if someone goes down. Or I'm just trying to be um, whatever the team needs me to be and... Um, and go from there. So when you don't have the gloves on, where do you like to field? Oh, as far <laughs> away from where the ball goes. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was actually thinking about the other day. Aaron Finch was batting, and he obviously, as everyone knows, he hits it bloody hard, and I was thinking, geez, I'm not sure this is for me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, whatever the captain needs, I'm sort of, I'm quite athletic and fit, so I can, I can run around and get to the ball quickly. I don't have a great, I've got a bit of a wiki arm, but, um, yeah, wherever I'm not really, I'm not too fussy. All right, what about away from cricket? Are you obviously, um, cricket's your life, but what do you do away from the game? I um, I love my golf. Um, Handicap twelve. Oh, nice. Um, so I had a busted finger um, for a while, so that's ruled me out for a little bit. I've just started getting back into it, which is nice. Um, and I've just signed up at university to go study um, human movement, so that'll keep me occupied for. Uh, in the new year, so really looking forward to that as well. What's the what's the appeal in that degree? Uh, well, I want to do teaching, but with the way our schedules and stuff line up with <laughs> like, teaching placement and stuff, it's a bit too hard. So, yeah. um, doing a human movement degree sort of gets me into um, teaching course um, down the track. So, 
Very Got to nice. bide my time with that, yeah. Very nice. Now, uh, let's bring it back to cricket quickly. Uh, you're playing in the Shield game probably this week on the 29th. Um, how do you think the team is going to go? Because you've had a tough run. You've gone, I think, over uh, a year and a half now without a win in the, with the Red Bull. Yeah, I saw, a, I saw a photo on Instagram the other day that we're, you know, they've got a countdown for our Red Bull, last Red Bull win. Yeah, how do you feel about that? That's a bit stiff. Oh, not too bad. It depends how you take it. I sort of had a, had a look at it and had a bit of a laugh about it. <laughs> um, I actually played in that game, so um, I was one of the lucky ones that actually won, um, played in that last win. So, um, But yeah, obviously our Red Bull stuff, our White Bull stuff has been really good, really consistent over the last sort of three or four years. Um, just struggled to translate that into Red Bull cricket, unfortunately. Obviously, um, we're all trying our best and, um, you know, wanting to win 100% absolutely all of the time. But it just hasn't fallen our way um, over the last couple of years. So hopefully, I reckon once we get one, we just have to find a way to get one. And then, you know, we might get a bit of a momentum and get on a bit of a roll, hopefully. So um, if we get one, we might get two or three. And then all of a sudden, we're, we're back looking okay. So we're not we're not that far off. Well, Tommy Cooper said on our program last week that because you guys dominated pretty much the game from start to finish for the first time in a long time, it felt like you turned a corner a bit, as almost as if you'd actually sort of won the game in a sense. So do you think that that's really going to take you in good stead to next Friday's game where you can pretty much feel like, hey, we've got the confidence of a feel like a winning side behind us? Yeah, absolutely. We we drove that game, obviously, batting first, making um, a really big score, um, and then obviously setting up a game and having and being two wickets away from from winning um, was really sort of bittersweet. We we know we know that we we probably played the better cricket over the last um, Shield game, but obviously didn't come away with the win. So um, we obviously know that it's a results based based business, and the pressure is going to keep piling up until we do win. But we're really confident in how we're going about it at the moment, and the blokes that we've got playing um, got full faith that. Um, we'll go really well over in Perth and then Hobart over the next two games and hopefully come away with two wins. We hope for the best there, Harry. Really appreciate your time again on the First Eleven Cricket Show. Best of luck on Friday and, of course, the rest of the Shield season. I'm sure we'll speak again. No worries, guys. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Harry. There we go. Harry Nilsson there from the Redbacks and, of course, the Woodville District Cricket <laughs> Club who have come off a very, very good win there by the sounds today. 400 they've chased down. We'll go over the grade scores in a minute. But while we speak, Bonds, the Smash Sisters have taken to the field in Hobart. They're just about to uh, get their innings underway on uh, a national scale. We're seeing it on Channel 7 in the whole country. We'll see our Adelaide Strikers in action very shortly. DRS around the corner and, of course, all the grey talk next on the First Living Cricket Show. On 1395 Adelaide's 5AA, this is the First 11 Cricket Show. Welcome back. It is the First 11 Cricket Show. Sam Tuggle and Paul Bonds are here with you and the number, as it always is here on 5AA, 8223 You can give us a call and uh, discuss anything cricket-related that uh, you might be interested in right now. Hey, just a quick uh, stat that I might throw at your bonds before we yes, go anywhere. Yes, my friend. Uh, with the strikers in action at the crease, none for five in mm-hmm. the second over at, uh, in the WBBL. Most women's T20 matches played. You wouldn't believe this. Susie Bates is number one. She's playing a 300th T20 match in uh, in women's cricket today, that's, right now. That's a lot of games. That is a lot of cricket. 
Congratulations yeah. to Susie. Didn't know that until I just read that just now. Um, <laughs> anyway, it is time to get stuck into the grade scores from All today. Right, we'll quickly go through these and the winners for you. Prospect uh, played Tea Tree Gully. Prospect made 266 last week. Tea Tree Gully, 7 for 284 today. Davey, 91. Ironside, 54. And Will Daniel got 3 for 4 the Pirates. West Torrens um, went down to Southern Districts. They made 230 last week. Southerns, 8 for 301. Brenda McCormick, 128. Josh Barrett, 98. And for the Eagles, Josh Dascom, 4 for 72. And Adelaide played Glenelg. Adelaide, 172 last week. Glenelg, too good. They were 297. Um, Hoffman made 92. We mentioned Ben Pengelly. Oh, sorry, Glenel better last week. Yep. Ben Pengelly got seven for 55. He followed up top scored this week with 41. Oh, yeah. He's Not going bad. All, he's going all right, Ben. <laughs> uh, uni were too good for Northern Districts. They made 354 last week. Will Bazisto, we mentioned last week, made 128. Mm. Uh, Northern Districts, 198. They were bowled out for Ooh. Will Bazisto, three for. Oh, no. So <laughs> he's, he's, he's struggling a bit as well. <laughs> oh. East Torrens, in a nail-biter, have beaten Kenzie's. They made 301 last week with uh, Michael Cormick making 78. Um, Kenzie's were bowled out for 298, just oh. three runs shy. Johnny Dalton made 108, uh, Jake Brown 68, um, and Adam Zampa got four for 67. Wow, spun them to victory. So back into the side um, on this day. And you heard earlier, uh, Sturt, made a quite humbling uh, five for 400 last week, declared. <laughs> the Mighty Peckers chased them down five for 402. Wow. That's, yeah, that's just an amazing effort. Dick, that's Dick, winner Dick 120. Uh, Harry Nilsson, as you heard, 98, celebrating before he got his 100. And <laughs> uh, Tommy Andrews made 85 as well. Yeah, I think that is um, that is win of the year right there, that Woodville... Uh, Sturt game. Uh, that is unbelievable. Chasing 400, that is fantastic. You just you just don't see it. No, nah, that is it, outstanding yeah. I would. Yeah, I wonder if, wonder if anyone from the grade clubs would come and let us know if there has been another chase of 400, because I can't remember one in recent times. I'm sure they'd be pretty proud. Eight double two three double o double o. You can always let us know anything to do with that. Um, we're going to move into DRS. Yes. Uh, discussing re- and reviewing stuff. Yes. Which is what we like to do. That's what we do. That's, DRS. That's what we do here at the back what end of our shows. What are we talking about first, um, I really do want to talk about Callum Ferguson and uh, his no. result, uh, his record, sorry, on uh, Tuesday. He has become the highest run scorer for South Australia in the one-day format. Well done, Ferg. Yeah. Great man. Still, obviously, a lot of cricket left in those legs. He now has 3,999 runs, just one off 4,000. He passed Buff over the last, on Tuesday. So, Buff has 3,963. Bluey's in third spot, and Coops passed the 3,000 mark. He's in fourth spot. He now has 3,009 and Maxi Klinger in fifth spot. That is outstanding. Callum Ferguson, one of the, the most classy batsmen we've uh, we've had at South Australia for uh, our entire history, and so I, I can't believe that... Uh, oh, I'm glad that he's done it. He's so unlucky. Like, he really should have played more international cricket, and, yeah. and they say it all the time. Just he got that, he got that knee injury just at the wrong time for him because he was flying, and... I reckon he's a better white ball bat. He's always been a better white ball bat than a, than a red ball bat. I reckon that's where everyone sort of thought the emphasis on him trying to play test cricket. I think he should have always just been going for a one-day spot. That would have helped him into the test team a little bit more. 
He, he's not your slogger, though, is he? He no, plays. He's played cricket shots. He is a real crafty cricketer, and it just plays really nice, pure cricket shots. You're right, and he and he does it well. Like nowadays, of course, we expect every the best batsman in the white ball game to be uh, real, you know, creative and play them all around the park. But he's just a smart cricketer. He knows he he can be quite composed. He stands there and hits the right ball to the right areas. Goes one a ball, and then when it time comes. He hits them hard and hits them well. So very good work from uh, Callum Ferguson. Here's a story which popped up during the week in the women's game, which was fascinating for mine. Emily Smith, who plays for the Hobart Hurricanes, would be playing against the Strikers as we speak, but can't because she's been banned by Cricket Australia for 12 months. Now, nine months of suspended, um, suspended penalty, so doesn't have to um, doesn't have to mm. be out of the game for that time, but she's only out of the game for three months, which still means she's uh, not playing pretty much for the rest of the summer, which is pretty harsh. And simply because before a game, she put on Instagram a, a video including a team sheet um, joking about where she was batting, um, which then revealed obviously the eleven playing, and it was bef- it was up online before um, the uh, the the time that Cricket Australia allowed for teams to be released. For a game, so is this too harsh? Oh, look, I, I think the majority of people think this is a little bit harsh. The rules are there, though, and we know what uh, betting has done to cricket and what any information released. Innoc- an innocent mistake, I think, from yeah, her. absolutely an innocent mistake. Um, she'll never do it again. We know that. <laughs> oh, no. And I don't think anyone else will either. No. So it's uh, unfortunately, yeah, probably a little bit harsh. It's such a rare thing, though. You, you mm. wouldn't see... This is such a, a strange left-of-centre situation that, uh, that Cricket Australia would be looking at this and sort of going, well, we have to we have to throw the book at her because that's what the rules state. You can't, you can't do that. And it doesn't matter who sees it. Um, only one person has to see it that decides to throw a whole bunch of money on it or do something else that will, you know, alter, um, you know, business and anything in re- revolved around the game. Um, you, can't, you just can't do it. And no. so once you know the rules, unfortunately, you just have to, you know, abide by them. And if you, you break them, bad luck. So as harsh as it, yeah, like you said, as harsh as it sounds, thankfully she doesn't get the full 12 months. Thankfully she's only got three months and nine, the rest, the other nine are suspended. But mm. um, gee whiz, imagine if she copped the full 12 and couldn't play at all like a Steve Smith or David Warner and Cameron Bancroft. That yeah, that would be unreal. Yeah, yeah, it's not at that level. No, nowhere near. However, uh, yeah, do feel a little bit sorry for her. Yeah. There's another event that uh, was potentially going to happen here in Adelaide, which I want to bring up just briefly. Um, it was called Peace at the Crease, and I think it was October that this was mentioned. Um, there would be an occurrence at the Adelaide Oval, a big uh, charity event, which would be a game of T20 cricket between some of the legends of the game yep, in the past. In, uh, early December. It December was 5th. For, yeah. yeah, and it was really going to be a, an amazing night. Everything sounded amazing about it, but nothing was signed contract-wise, which meant that now it's not going to happen. Now, well, at least it's tracking to not happen. It's only uh, two weeks away and we still haven't seen any release of link for now. tickets, So, which means it's pretty much done. Um, strange situation, um, really strange. Keith Bradshaw spoke to uh, the media, I think, about uh, a month ago and he said, Saka aren't in a position to provide confirmation or make any further comment until certain arrangements have been finalised. There was an event brochure that went out, Bonds, which was released with official teams, uh, players that going to play, like Tendilka, Lara, Ponting, Gillespie, Lee, Akhtar, all the oh, great... massive names. Massive names, and they all verbally agree, but never signed anything. 
and then it just turned pear shape and now it's a shame we're going to miss out on this on this event which seems so great but isn't going to happen i just find it weird i i think what what has happened is that someone's had this idea which is a a great idea terrific a charity idea. event yeah. using past players a great idea and I think we'll see it happen down the track, mm. but I think they've had the idea. Someone's gone. Can we do? Can we make this happen within a short period of time? Mm. They've decided yes, and maybe jumped a few steps yep. in trying to make it happen, and then realised, okay, we can't do this. We need more time. Mm. So, unfortunately, for the Adelaide public, uh, who could have seen the likes of Tendulka and Dizzy oh. and. Uh, Brett Lee and Punter just yeah. go at it again uh, would have been amazing. Let's hope that they can maybe look at this again for n- next summer, maybe with the World T20 Yes, here. that's a good point. Maybe that's part of the whole event. Mm. So I, I wouldn't – I'd be surprised if it was completely dead. Yep. I think it, we might see it back, but just not in December. No, that's a very, very good point. And imagine if it did happen around the T20 World Cup next year. That would be outstanding. Now, before we go, Bonds, uh, an event tomorrow happening uh, in regards... Sorry, not tomorrow, very soon. It'll be... Oh, gee, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Go the, be scared yeah, when you said tomorrow. I was going to say that too. Um, the women's T20 final here in Adelaide. Uh, yes. So the finalists have been... Um, well, have uh, They've been named. They've got their spot in the final. They've earned their spot. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) Kensington will play the Stingrays Southern Districts on Saturday, November 30. So that's next Saturday. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a 10.30 start. Mm -hmm. So you can still go watch the the grade T20 women's final, which is going to be a great game, two good teams, at uh, Karen Rolton Oval. And then... And then off to the test match. How good. Da, 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 da. Beautiful. <laughs> Perfect setup. So uh, and if you can't get to Karen Rolton, you can watch it, Adelaide Livestream. It'll be on uh, the social pages and on YouTube, and you'll be able to watch the game live. Fantastic. There you go. All the things you need to know in South Australian cricket wrapped up right there. And then we appreciate your time. Uh, Bonds, good on you once again for coming in. A great show. Um, we've uh, obviously what? got the strikers in action right now. We squeezed everything in just. We did, just, <laughs> which is what, we, uh, what we're good at. Uh, none for 29 in the fifth over. The strikers, uh, of course, you can check that out on Channel 7 for the rest of the evening as they take on the Hobart Hurricanes. Thank you for your company. We'll be back next week at 6 o'clock for the first 11. Next is uh, the A-League coverage from uh, Highmarsh Stadium.